Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Week number seven is upon us, kiddies. And the week seven preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Bet Online. It is that time of year, everybody. Football is well underway. Uh, the Big Ten gets kicked off this weekend. The World Series is is underway. And there's a lot to go. Big UFC event on Saturday as well. The, uh, you know, the undisputed lightweight championship with Khabib and Justin Gaethje. That's going to be a big fight. If you want to get in on the action, Bet Online is the place to do so. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on all the action imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And it's lucky number seven. Um, uh, my lucky numbers are three and eight, actually. But, you know, we won week three. We got the Saints next week. We'll see how my luck kicks in uh, for that. But uh, week number seven, we got the Bears and the Rams on Monday Night Football. And our good friend Brad Motter from Locked on Rams uh, is here to uh, to join us and, and um, uh, take part in the conversation to get us ready for the game. Funny thing is... We didn't really talk much in the way of X's and O's. We were talking about how these teams were similar last year and the high expectations and low return on, on what we wanted from our teams. Nine and seven for the Rams, eight and eight for the Bears. Neither team making the playoffs. The Rams and, and their spending habits. How did they have five, five or six guys on the team making 20 mil? Uh, a season they're giving up all their draft picks to bring in guys and uh and whatnot and still they're able to put a, f- a team on the field uh at the same time and, and talking about doing that and and you know do we miss first round picks and uh things like that we talk about a lot of stuff uh to get ready for you know just to give more of a, a you know a, a feel for what do we have as uh, an opponents and where these franchises are both the bears and uh, the Rams and and we do dabble a bit in the actual game uh, itself, but I guess we're going to leave the X's and O's to to me in, in the in the deep dive preview uh, tomorrow. So, you know, forgive me if if the if we don't talk enough X's and O's and strategy and and whatnot for you guys. I apologize. It's still a lot of fun. Brad's a lot of fun to talk to. He's a very high, highly energetic guy. Very passionate about his Rams, just like we are about our bears and just to give you fair warning we do talk about the uniform so we save it for the end of the interview because i know some of you (laughs) you just roll your eyes when i talk about uniforms and patterns and colors swatches and things like that so we save that for the end you know if you want to listen to the conversation then kind of skip over the uniform stuff i don't blame you but it's just it's a sickness within me and i have to talk about it and uh, see how my 
opponents feel about their team's drastic new looks and things like that. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. It's the week seven preview of the Bears Talk Underground with myself and Brad Motter. So let's get to it. Week number seven has our Bears returning to national television. Monday night football heading out to the West Coast and the beautiful, like majestic SoFi Stadium, which will unfortunately be empty, but uh, we'll host the game between the Chicago Bears and the L.A. Rams. And uh, here to join us and help us preview the game, the newly engaged Brad Motter. Brad, welcome to the show. Congratulations, man. Hey, thank you so much, man. And that was the nice thing. I, I got engaged on Sunday, so I didn't have to see that ugly game versus the Niners. <laughs> I'm pretending it didn't happen, and okay. I get another uh, game in primetime to cheer me right back up. So uh, we can talk about that game. We can talk about the upcoming game. But I appreciate it, man. It's really a lot of exciting stuff going on out here uh, in L.A., not only a brand-new $5 billion stadium, uh, that we will see just a bunch of drone footage of, but right. uh, a lot of awesome things happening, man. Appreciate five it. billion dollars. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's that's insane. Like that thing. I mean, it's a stadium, so it's not just going to have football games in it. I mean, it's got two teams that it's taken care of, and God knows what else. Once we return back to some semblance of normalcy, and you know, there'll be concerts in it. But how long do you think it's going to take to pay off five billion dollars? So before you know, that stadium starts paying for itself. I mean, the Olympics are right. I, that's right. I, I mean, I'd say around the corner, but I think it's like 2026 or 2028. Um, and, and I'll be out of LA by then. I'll tell you that right now. Cause that just sounds like a traffic nightmare. Oh God. Uh, that's going to lead up to that. But um, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, it's one of those things where that, you know, they're saying it's going to be one of the best stadiums for a long time. And it, it feels like every stadium that, gets put up next is going to be the next big thing. But so far I did enough uh, great work that they'll be in the conversation for a long time. And they're going to host those big primetime events that uh, hopefully, you know, Los Angeles isn't going to need anything else for a long time, even though it seems like they build stadiums all the time. They're building another soccer stadium. They're doing, you know, I'm sure Dodger stadium is going to get a, uh, they did get a facelift, $300 million facelift. So uh, it's nice to see the Rams finally feel at home, not to play in the Coliseum anymore. And unfortunately we share it with, a team that probably should go back to San Diego and, and not even as an insult. I think they would tell you that the same thing, but Hey, we'll let them be our, our little brother here and pay rent and, and uh, enjoy that stadium whenever we can get in and see it. Cause I'm dying to get in there, man. Yeah. I, I'll, I think it's a place that you could go vote. I may go try to go vote there, except there you for, I, I, uh, you know, get an opportunity to get in there some way, one form or another. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that was actually, honestly, it was, one of the main reasons I actually watch Hard Knocks because I knew that Hard Knocks yeah. was not going to be anything close to what it has been in the past because of all this COVID stuff and, you know, splitting it between the two. Te- I think they did that on purpose because yeah. of COVID. They're like, well, we might as well feature two teams. You have twice the content because half of the stuff is going to be going on uh, during this. Uh, I mean, these guys had to social distance and practice. It's no wonder so people started dropping like flies when the season actually got started. Yeah, so weird, and and you're right, the whole hard knocks, and then it was awesome because being so attached to Rams Nation, they open it up with the Chargers, and and Rams Nation just lost their minds, right? But you had to because Anthony Lynn leads it off with saying, "I got COVID uh, yeah. over this time period," so that was a great drop, and 
Um, yeah, and, and Jared Goff and the Rams, they had their time on Hard Knocks. They had it with Jeff Fisher in, in Jared Goff's first year. So this was just another little run around with Hard Knocks. But it was fun for me at least to see a little bit of the team and, and to go back and forth. And, and my fiance is actually a Chargers fan, so she Uh-oh. enjoyed it too. We could kind of watch it together. And, um, yeah, definitely a, a, a struggle season for them. But uh, it's fun to see it and, and can't wait to, yeah, see another game in it on primetime. But, yeah, just a little weird to still as you see these – these wide shots and you got nobody in the stands. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely strange, you know, to see a game and, you know, like Thursday night when the bears played the, the, the Buccaneers uh, last week, that place would have been rocking and rolling with, yeah. even though we've had the smallest capacity of any stadium in the league that literally you would have been able to see the stadium shake with Brady in town on national TV, a three and, you know, three and one versus three and one. And, you know, all that kind of stuff, just a huge, huge game, a big test for the bears and the whole nine yards. And, you know, it was the bears, the bucks and the refs, man. It's just like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like when, when the actual game is going on and the teams are on the field, it doesn't feel different at all. But then you see replays and you see nothing but empty seats. And it's like, Oh, yeah, you know? exactly. And especially like you said, man, a good opportunity for a primetime game against a big time opponent. And even thinking about, you know, thinking about other stadiums that are open, the Las Vegas Raiders yeah. and looking at their schedule is like they've got Mahomes going there. They've got Tom Brady. They got Aaron Rodgers. There's like every big time name seems like they're playing in Vegas this year, but no one's going to see it other right. than on TV. So uh, we'll get there one day. It's yeah. going to get back. We'll get back. And uh, it's just, you know, it's one of these things that we'll remember and, uh, tell all of our grandkids a long time ago that you know not everyone was lucky to get to go, come to a game live. <laughs> right. There was that one year in there 2020. Was that, that one lost year that everybody yeah. just lived through. Nothing really happened, but we were all there, uh, kind of thing. So, so let's talk about this team uh, of yours, uh, Brad. We've um, we were talking just uh, just uh, just started talking before we recorded, and then we realized we should probably start recording this and. <laughs> Uh, what I was going to ask you was just like, you know, last year did not go the way that either of our teams thought that year was going to go. You guys coming off a Super Bowl berth, you're, you know, where it's like the year two un- under McVay was even better than year one was. You were just going to build uh, off of that. You know, you just you had the the you know, you ran into a defensive buzzsaw in the, in the Super Bowl against the. The Patriots, you guys didn't come back. You're going to improve. You're going to do this, that. Same thing with the Bears, the double doink away from the Rams-Bears rematch in the divisional yeah. round and uh, and all that kind of stuff, thinking that we were just going to build on what happened last year. That's the way both our franchises were looking at it. And then the season started, and none of that happened, dude. I mean, it was different for you guys than it was for us. Us was like a basically an unmitigated disaster from the start, but – you know, it's just like neither team really met expectations. Uh, and you guys, at the very least, had the excuse of the quote unquote Super Bowl loser jinx to right. justify the year that you had. We didn't really have an explanation for ours. Yeah, that's also not the fun one because the whole time you got to be like, no, oh, it's not because of the Super Bowl. But I mean, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it, it's like the Madden jinx, right? That people always had to defend right. why they got hurt. It wasn't because Madden, I just got hurt. And then, you know, people kind of changed that narrative as of recent. But the Super Bowl one still lives because obviously I can't talk too much trash about the Niners because they just beat us. But I'm still not impressed with the Niners. <laughs> and I still think that they're going to end up in third or fourth place in the NFC West. 
Um, I just don't think they got it. But yeah, it was it was a rough year for the Rams, right? And and the other rough thing is, especially as everything changed over the offseason, and they're like, oh, we're going to extend playoffs, and you're like, well, we would have made the playoffs. Like, yeah, you guys would have been the seven team. seed, yeah, and we would have been the seven seed, and we would have been talked about as a playoff team. And really, going back to those damn Niners is, uh, you know, thinking back to that game near the end of the season, and it was I think it was third and twenty two, and they throw up a heave and uh, miss communication between Taylor Rapp and Jalen Ramsey, newly acquired Jalen Ramsey. And uh, they get this big pickup and kick a field goal, win the game. And that was the end of the Rams hope right there. And it was, so it was, it was struggle because they kept teasing you with they're good. They have a chance. And at the same time, their offense line was just horrible. And it's good to see some stability back because that was what Sean McVay really leaned on in his first couple of years here, running the ball, having a big offensive line and trusting in those guys. And I think they went two years with the same starters and which is like unheard of, no injuries, no nothing. And then, and then 2019 hit and it was injuries everywhere. And, yeah. you know, Jared Goff looked like the rookie Jared Goff where he's running for his life. So it's good to see this team back and win some ball games and the offense line is really kind of stabilized there and we've got some young guys we have to no longer answer the question about Todd Gurley's knee and what do I think and then I don't have to lie to you guys and say that I believe he's still healthy which I still it's good to see him still putting up touchdowns down in Atlanta and and I don't I didn't check recently this week but last week he was in top five as far as uh you know top five rushers I don't know if he fell off in the last week or two but still glad to see him doing well because I'll always be a Todd Gurley supporter he didn't do anything wrong He he took a lot of blame for a lot of stuff but um yeah it's it's a different team and same with the bears right i mean yeah. obviously it's every year you know uh find a new kicker add a new random quarterback and you know and, and then base that the defense will will dominate and and uh you still got cleo mack and you're not getting rid of him so no. as long as you got him and we got aaron donald i think that these teams can look to build around uh you know some defensive pieces and hopefully put up some points on offense and that's what's really been nice for the bears especially the last couple of weeks is that in training camp, you started hearing about Khalil Mack's got this knee injury that's bugging him, and he was limited in practice for the first four games uh, of the year. Limited, limited, limited every single practice, but he played every Sunday, and it was just like, you know, Khalil's being disruptive. Maybe he gets to the quarterback once in a while, but he's not like that constant force that we know him to be, and then the Tampa Bay game happened, and even on a short week, he wasn't on the injury report at all and then played like a monster against the Buccaneers, yeah. and then had a full week of practice leading up to the Panther game, not on the injury list, was a beast against the Panthers again. It's just like, okay, so now we all know what the problem was with Khalil Mack was that he was playing hurt or banged up or he wasn't feeling good because of the soreness or the irritation or the inflammation, whatever. He's healthy and raring to go and look at him now, you know, kind of thing. And it's just... It's made all the difference in the world because he does what he what like Aaron Donald does is like he makes everyone around him better. It's like all of a sudden Robert Quinn uh, that we signed uh, for in lieu of Leonard Floyd. Hope you guys are enjoying him. And I know. Um, I'll trade you. I miss our old Rams, uh, <laughs> you know, Rams guy that was just a legend out here. And, yeah. and you're right. And Leonard Floyd. But hey, I got to I got to get Leonard Floyd's back here a little bit because. Really, the Rams brought him in here to be a run stuffer, yes. contain guy. And that's and what he's, he's really, that. really good at, yeah. And he's doing that to a T. Anything we get from him from the pass rush is just bonus, right? And there's other guys we'll talk about in the linebacking core that are letting us down right now and edge rushers that are letting us down. But 
Uh, I'm really happy with what we've gotten from Leonard Floyd so far. And, and you again, know, if he can just improve that pass rush, it's just right. all bonus from there. Well, I mean, and that's why you're happy with Leonard Floyd is because you knew what you were getting yes. from him. Exactly. You knew yeah, yeah. he's going to be our run-stuffing guy. He's actually also pretty good at covering the flat in coverage uh, and things like that. But the Bears drafted him to be Khalil Mack. We drafted yeah. him to be that edge rusher and get after the quarterback, and the funny thing was he got more sacks in a shortened rookie season than he did for the rest of his career. Crazy. He got like seven, seven and a half sacks his rookie year and, and missed like six games with like a, a concussion. You know, he had like concussion issues this first year. He kept like putting his head down or something and running into it like a battering ram, and he got knocked unconscious. Imagine that. But, um, you know, he had more sacks in like 10 or 11 games his rookie year than he did in the three years following like he had six the second year and then Khalil Mack comes to town you think his sack totals are going to go through the roof nope right like four the first year and then like three last year it's just like okay this is this is the opposite of what's supposed to be happening with Khalil Mack on the other side and um but like you said fantastic in in run defense uh fantastic also in in pass coverage so it's like I wouldn't consider Leonard Floyd a bust is like he just didn't turn out to be the player we wanted him or we right. drafted him to be. He's still a solid pro. He's going to be in the league for years, you know, but he's not that top 10. He's not DeMarcus Ware. He's not going to make the every quarterback uh, fear him. He's more so going to be that guy that can, you know, hold up tight ends and, and, and you know, force the force the running back to the inside. Because I saw a great play he made a week or two ago where he was being double teamed and he kept – like pushing the def yeah. uh, the defenders to the outside, which forced the running back to come back in, which is where all the help is at. You know, it's like that was a great play that he made, and that's what he did was he, when he was with the uh, the bear. And in that aspect, we kind of do miss him now because running the ball is where we're kind of vulnerable on defense. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. And he's just—I mean, his wingspan. Just watching him play out yeah. there, he just. It's like Stretch Armstrong. It just his arms keep going and going, <laughs> and you're like, "How is he?" And you're right. He took on two defenders there and forced it back inside. And and yeah, anything else we get from him is bonus. If he gets to five sacks, I feel like that's a win. I think he's already got one, maybe one and a half. He got one taken back because of a a penalty that seems to happen a lot for the Rams as well. But hey, uh, yeah, we're we're excited. We're gonna need some other people. You mentioned it with Cleo Mack as well. Is like he thought, hey, this guy's gonna get a lot better with being around. And I'm looking at the rest of the D line around Aaron Donald for the past couple years and going, hey, and I think that's why Dante Fowler really cracked off because he took advantage of being around Aaron Donald and yeah. and we have not found that this year. We haven't found our new Dante Fowler, one of the guys we let walk in free agency. But somebody has got to take advantage of Aaron Donald getting two and three guys on him sometimes. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, getting Robert Quinn, which he's just as good as getting after the quarterback, as, as you well uh, know. We got a healthy Akeem Hicks back. We're missing Eddie Goldman, but Bilal Nichols uh, is doing okay as the nose tackle. He's a much better pass rusher than he is a run stuffer, and that's will become apparent when we play on Sunday, but or Monday, I should say. But, you know, it, it's. He does, in fact, make everyone around him, and we're all healthy again. That's the other thing. 2019 was a year of injuries. Khalil yeah. was banged up all year long, and we lost. I don't think – I think Akeem Hicks maybe played five games last year. Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, guys are just dropping all over uh, the play. I think the only people that played all 16 games were like Khalil Mack in our corners. Everybody else was banged up and missed a game at some point. So, um, yeah, it was just a – a bad year and then of course you mentioned the quarterbacks before 
we finally ran out of patience with him, man, and yeah. um, <laughs> gave him all the chances that we could give him. Uh, and he has the you know the great distinction of being a quarterback that was uh, uh, that had a two and zero record and got benched anyway. So uh, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking over here. Uh, down at Ryan Fitzpatrick, and and he's rattles off three wins in a row, and they bench him for Tua, and and I'm I, you know here. what, I don't get that at all. I don't like. I understand that Tua is the future, uh, and everything, but this is also his redshirt year. He's coming off that broken hip. Uh, and, and his last first season. opponent is going to be Aaron Donald and the Rams, like the quarterback oh, breaker. Like, come is on, his first the guy that he's going <laughs> to see, and and it's funny. My brother texted me and said. I'm just worried the Bears are going to try to trade for Fitzpatrick now. Like, at any point, you never can trust that organization for being like, well, he was an underrated quarterback. He's won some games. Let's let's trade some picks and get Fitzpatrick up here. Never know. But, I mean, Foles has been playing a lot better, and, and I, yes. I actually just came off of uh, a Lockdown Rams episode. I'm not doing it full time, but I'm jumping in there Wednesdays. And, and we talked about Nick Foles having that press conference after the game last week, yeah. and I was like – we can't look at Nick Foles and we can't look at this Bears offense as, hey, they're not you know, putting up a ton of points right now and they're not this really scary team as you look at it. But he's confident in this group and he's going to get better. He's a competitor and I feel like he handles pressure so well, including yeah. not only the big games, the big moment, but like when you're hitting him, he'll, he'll find a way to get the ball off and, and still deliver it. So that's a big thing for the Rams. Uh, you know, it's just getting to him and not letting – you know, Nick Foles have any sort of time back there because, you know, he's gaining confidence. So, you know, hopefully for you guys, for the sake of not having to deal with, you know, oh, it's a kicker, it's a quarterback, like you got some things in place now. And hopefully you guys, you know, with that defense, just kind of build everything else around it. But, man, that's that you talked about it coming up on Monday night. It's going to be an exciting game. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I thought it was going to be the battle of two five and one teams and then Sunday night. Yeah, uh, happened, and you know the the Forty ers who just seem to be drowning uh, in the whole Super Bowl loser jinx, and you know lost thirty seven guys in that Jets game week number two, yeah. uh, and everything. It's like if you're wearing a Niner uniform, you were a marked man uh, yeah, in that exactly. game. Like that field was out to get people uh, that week, and uh, you know somehow they were able to weather the storm. And, and what did they do to to slow you guys down? I mean, you guys didn't even crack double digits this week, did you? Yeah, no, it was it was a mess, and really, what what happened was they basically robbed our game plan and did what we should have been doing. Right? They mm-hmm. they ran the ball a lot. I think they had uh, over thirty something carries on the ground, which is crazy because I think they only had like one hundred and seventeen yards. They had thirty seven rushes for one hundred and twenty two yards, and the Rams had seventeen carries for one hundred and eighteen yards. So we were just a few yards behind them, but. They had 20 more rushes than we do, and that's kind of the Rams when they're at their best is run the ball, work some quick passes, and that's what Jimmy did. Jimmy G did. He got the ball out fast, and he let his guys do it. I saw a stat by Pro Football Focus that said George Kittle had, I think it was 87 yards after contact or something crazy like that. It was like mm-hmm. third in, in week six as far as a yak goes, and they just let Jimmy G just dump the ball quick, and uh, they ran the ball a lot, and then here we are is – you know, Daryl Anderson had a 6.3 yards per average on his, I think he had like 14 carries, but it's like, if he's averaging 6.3, give him the ball 24 times. Yeah. And and the Rams saw this when they went up to Buffalo and they were down a lot in the second half. And the old McVay is like, let's throw out of it. Let's throw out of it. 
But he's got Kevin O'Connell in his ear now. He's got an offensive coordinator. And they came back in that game by running the ball and sticking with the offense. And I don't know what happened here on Sunday night. And and honestly, I didn't get to watch too much of it because you mentioned it. I got engaged on Sunday. So I was celebrating and kind of said, hey, football, I'll catch it next week. And, right. and so I, I missed a good game as far as, you know, it was a bad game for the Rams. So I didn't have to sit there. But uh, they basically felt like as I went back and watched some film, they just stole our game plan and executed it better. And then you got... Cooper Cup dropping touchdowns, which never happens. And uh, Robert Woods dropped a deep one down the sideline. So it was a couple little things, and the ball didn't bounce their way. But I still, I look at that Niners team, and I'm not scared. I think we're going to hand it to them in that next matchup. And going back to the Rams, as we talked about 2019 earlier, the first time they played the Niners last year, they got demolished. I think Jared Goff only had like 75 yards passing. They only had like 120 yards overall and that was the breakdown of that offensive line last year so as I come away I saw Jared Goff moving in the pocket well probably the most confident I've saw him back there as far as his ability just slide step up deliver the ball even if it was off it just felt like a good throw uh and he had some good throws and his 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 receivers let him down so in a weird way it was one of those like all right I'll take the L it's never good to be in the division but we're still in second place sitting right now, and they're still in last place. And uh, hopefully we get one more crack at them where we can put it on them at, at, at SoFi. But, yeah, they, I, I just think they stole our game plan. And maybe uh, for Rams' sake, it was a wake-up call before a Monday night game. But, you know, we'll see because this defense isn't going to make things any easier when, no. when we're walking into Monday night. No, the Bears have been notoriously stingy uh on defense they like to do the bend but don't break things so your kicker might actually need a shower uh after the game uh on monday uh kicking all the field goals uh and everything because from 20 to 20 it's uh you know and all bets are off you'll be able to get a first down you'll be able to move the chains and things like that but once you start getting once you start getting close that's where things get ugly for the for our opponents they can't close the deal Sorry to keep cutting you off there. Sorry. I want to touch on that, too, because you talked about the kicker's going to have some work in this game, which is really scary to me because Sam Sloman is our kicker, and uh, we just signed Kaya Forbath uh, to come on to the team and compete with Sam Sloman because Sam Sloman has been basically god-awful this season. Um, he's missed, I think, three extra points, uh, which in this day and age is like you just can't do, right? No. you got to get that point. And then I think until this game – Uh, His longest field goal was like 34 yards, and he was just really making 20-yard field goals because the Rams couldn't convert in the red zone, uh, which it sounds like may happen again, you know, in this upcoming matchup. So (laughs) I don't even know who our kicker is going to be for Monday night. Could be Forbath, could be Sam Sloman, but I'm really hoping that neither of them have a lot of work because I have zero faith in both those guys right now. You guys stole Kai Forbath from us, huh? Yeah, one of the one of the six seven teams that he's been with. Yeah, along the way. Well, and, he was uh, on our practice squad. Oh, is that where we? Okay, yeah. so practice squad kicker getting a getting a shot and hopefully pushing some competition. We had a guy that was trying out during the season. It was Liram Hailarahu. Wow, uh, from Canada, and he was a former Canadian Grey Cup champion kicker, and he was this like all you know award winning from the Canadian league and, and Rams nation was oh like hi Hi Rahu, what a great kicker name <laughs> and uh no we drafted Sam Sloman in the seventh round and they're like let's give this chubby kicker uh you know a, a jersey for the the you know the 53-man roster and everyone's like really like yeah. the guy that's been like a legend yeah Canadian football but like respect 
the craft of kicking in big games, kicking in weather on the road, and they're like, no, nah, let's go with a rookie. And then now every time we see him on primetime, the announcers are going, he kicks the ball really low, and he got one blocked last week. It's like, man, the last thing you want. We came from having – you know, Greg the leg, the, yeah. the ultimate kicker, the guy that got us to the Super Bowl with a 50-yard bomb. And it was just like you could just go to the kitchen and grab a beer when they were trotting him on the field because you knew it was three on the board. And now it's like, you know, I need a beer before he kicks because I got to calm the nerves. <laughs> so was that a free agency thing? Did did was, did you guys let him go? Because, yes. Know. So, oh, OK, Bones Fossil, you know, was was uh, um was our special teams, teams coordinator. Yeah, yeah. And then as this thing kind of, you know, like we let go Wade in the off season, we let go of fossil. He went to Dallas. And then uh, again, we talked okay. a little bit before this, but the Rams just handing out money, like it's monopoly right now. Right. And, and they kind of ran out of it and they looked at the kicker position, like one of those places, like they looked at the linebacker position, the middle linebacker position said that eh, we'll figure it out. And they let him walk. And, and he would have been, you know, I mean, we're talking kickers here. I think, um, uh, what's his name from uh, Robbie Gold, former Bears kicker, yeah. like just got an extension, but it was like five, six million. You know, it's like it's not crazy money for kickers. And I was thinking like that's a position you should buy into yeah. if you're going to buy into a position. Now, let's get let's have Jalen Ramsey, you know, buy five houses. Let's make sure that happens. Yeah. So I'm mad at, at the same time. But right. I mean, well, you know, I was teasing you about that before because we were talking about how. Like oh poor NFL, they're only going to make about five billion instead of eight billion this year without fans in the stands and and things like that. How will they ever uh, get by? But of course they'll use that that you know that tick down in the income to milk the salary cap for next year. And it looks like the Bears and the Rams are going to be a couple of those teams that are already in the red uh, for what they project the cap to possibly be next year and the bears got to figure out how much we're going to pay Allen robinson if we're going to keep him and and all the contract situation there and then the rams got like five guys making 20 million yeah. a season including golf who's almost making enough for two 20 million dollar players hey, uh right in the quarterback now world golf seems like a great deal now in the yeah. quarterback world so, i think it's like 32 million a year which is like weird but to say like that's a good deal like yeah, yeah that's not bad for a number one overall pick when you're looking at Patrick Mahomes, who literally can buy the team that he is, he plays on with the yeah. amount of money that he's making. So, but you're right. It's crazy the amount of money. And I think it weirdly, I think it excites less need to get in this position where he's like, all right, I'm just going to keep spending money. Well, and then like we said in the off season, just like cut Todd Gurley, take the, the hit for whatever that's going to be cut Brandon cooks or trade. Uh, they got the second round pick, which they ended up using, um, to get his replacement in Van Jefferson. So he loves the trades, which is like, which I love because it's like, reminds me of my Madden days, right? You're like trading players and cutting and overbuying and trying to get draft picks. And Lesney's just out here playing Madden while everyone else is like worried yeah. about the salary cap. I mean, but he's playing it like it's not real. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like first round picks. Eh, we won't have a first round pick till 2027. Who cares? Yep, exactly. You know, that Jalen Ramsey trade is like, yeah, with the Jalen Ramsey trade, the Rams won't be picking will not have had a first pick since like since Jared Goff in 2016. They've yeah. traded all their first round picks since then and now they won't have a first round pick until like 2022 or 2023 or something like that uh after trading the first the two first rounders to get uh Jalen Ramsey. It's just like you know, I'm I'm okay with it because you look at the Seahawks, all they do is miss on first round draft picks. Well, anyway. I mean, look at so the Bears like, for Christ's yeah, sake, man. There you we go. We miss on first round picks all the time. So it's like when we made the Khalil Mack trade, it's like, yeah, that's a heavy price to pay. 
but you know we've also got a football team full of first round picks that are sitting yeah. on the bench watching uh as opposed to contributing uh to the team so as far as bear fan it's that's pers- it's that perspective you know we just like see a first round pick and like okay for every Kyle Fuller that works out We've got five Kevin Whites that never see the field. You know, it's just like, what a waste of a pick that guy ended up being. And, you know, like everyone is, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're down on Trubisky. He's on the bench. He's watching now. Leonard Floyd's not even on the team uh, anymore. It's like Roquan Smith worked out, but we had to go from, you know, Kyle Fuller in 2014 to Roquan before we could have a first round pick to be like, Hey man, check this guy out. Uh, kind of thing. So 26, 15, 16, 17, those are all picks we'd like to have back. So, yeah, trade two first-rounders and get ourselves a, you know, once-in-a-lifetime pass rusher and Khalil exactly. Mack. I'll make that trade. Same. I would, too, and that's it. Like, especially when you start to see some of these other teams that are hitting on prospects in the second, third, fourth round. Like, there's oh, yeah. stuff coming out in the second, third, fourth round, and it's not, you know, the sexy pick on day one and you get to go up and be with the commissioner and all that stuff, but – Man, I'd rather I'd rather get a guy like Jalen Ramsey or Khalil Mack or somebody that's going to come back, come in and be an impact and first ballot Hall of Famer type of guy, and then risk a little bit more on the second and third round guys and just try to do that. So it's one of those things where it just depends on what your style of the GM is, but you can tell by the way that the Bears started doing some things uh, as of late with that trade and, and what the Rams have done with less need for a while now. That's just the way that they're going to play the game, and I love it because – uh, just like me in my fantasy league, I'm calling up and making trades all the time. People are like, this guy's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, but let's do it. Like, let's right. be crazy. Come on, come on. Like, let's risk it. And right now I'm 5-1 in fantasy, a little side side note there. Sure. But, uh, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I'd rather be in the game than sitting on and, and like you said, waiting for these first rounders to hopefully burst onto the scene. Well, it's it's high risk, high reward to to, to do it. Yeah, uh, that way. I mean, playing it safe is to hang on to all of your picks, be frugal uh, with your cap space and, and things like that. And just, you know, kind of hope that you, you know, it'll take you 15 years to build a winner playing it that way. Every now and then you've got to basically put your balls on the table and see if you still got them when it's all said and done. And it's been working out for the Rams. Ryan Pace has made some sketchy calls, but we're five and one right now and looking yep. like a playoff team. Uh, as well, so I mean, it's like these guys are out here risking their, risking their their necks, their reputations, their livelihoods on, you know, trying to build a franchise that's going to go someplace. And sometimes it works out, uh, you know, and sometimes it don't, like the Jets or the Eagles and things like that. Like right now, like those teams are all a disaster uh, right now. I mean, they they've already basically got Trevor Lawrence in a Jet uniform right now. Because, you know, that's how bad the <laughs> yeah. season is is going. Whoever the next coach is knows he's getting Trevor Lawrence because we're going to go 0-16, or at least they're shooting for it at this point. So, But, you know, you got to respect it. Those guys take the risks, and more times than not, they, they hit more than they miss. So, <laughs> Hey, guys, taking a quick break from the show to thank our sponsors once again. Bet Online. Uh, the wait is finally over. A doubleheader of fun is upon us this week. We got the World Series kicking off uh, later this week. We got the NFL and college football. The Big Ten is coming back this weekend. And you might not be able to get to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action with Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, 
your online sportsbook experts. The show is also brought to you by Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair, hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, snags, and tugs on those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. I said all that in one breath. How about that? Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. The only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? It might hurt worse than nicking your balls. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to, delivering a maximum confidence experience uh, while providing hygiene. Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff, and it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs in our holes looking nice. Once again, 20% off and free shipping with with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds, and let's get back to the show. So, yeah, but this that game, you, you didn't see much of it uh, on Sunday. And to, truthfully, I I missed a lot of it uh, as well. By the time that I caught got into the game, most of the damage had already been done as far as, like, the lead had already been established by the uh by the Niners uh and everything so I didn't get to see the fireworks that led to them uh getting that lead you know whether it was whether it was turnovers or if it was just San Francisco's day and they were out playing the Rams or like you said they were running their game plan to perfection and the Rams on the other hand you know were not so it was like I I kind of feel foolish not watching the game especially considering that we have this game against you guys uh, this week, so I'm not as up to up to snuff on on the on our opponent as I I wish we were. But you know, how have the Rams been? Because I know that they're highly regarded this year. Like everybody feels like the Rams are back. Yeah, and and like I mentioned kind of earlier, it's been going back to where it started for them and and what Sean McVay found success on. They don't have an injured running back to worry about, even though Cam Akers got a little banged up, but they got three guys that they're toting out there. And Daryl Henderson has been amazing uh, when they give him the rock on a on a steady basis. Again, only fourteen touches on Sunday, six point three per carry. Uh, he's got the breakaway speed, and and really, I think if if we set that baseline for the Rams of 25 carries at least, uh, we've seen success this year. And, and I think, again, I haven't checked the stats as of this week was over, but the Rams were, uh, as of last week or the week before, they were in that top quarter of you know rushing teams, like top five, top eight uh, in the NFL as far as total rushing yards. And I think that's going to be the success to what they do. And a lot of people are saying, well, Jared Goff is – 
average depth of targets like five and a half yards or something like that. But when you got Cooper Cup and and you got Robert Woods and the the tight ends that we have and they're creating all this yards after catch, like you don't need to throw it 30 yards to get 30 yards apparently and and to get the ball out fast, uh, I'm okay with it. So they got to get back to to running the ball and then the defense has played really well. They had the one half against Buffalo where they really struggled and really struggled in the first half against Jimmy G, which is like hard to even say that they struggled against them, but they did and they, they tightened it up, but they've got depth at, at that cornerback and uh, in the safety position. They've got some young guys that are playing really well. Fuller, who was from Ohio State, was sixth rounder, I think, and he's been, when he's been healthy, uh, he's been putting up some some great numbers and, and kind of holding it down there with John Johnson in the secondary. So Aaron Donald, again, you talked about with Cleo Mack, it's just like, Either you send three guys on him or he's going to get four sacks like he did two weeks ago. Uh, and I love what they're doing defensively because they're moving Aaron Donald around, which they've been doing in the past couple of years. But they're also blitzing more, um, you know, with Brandon Staley being the new defense coordinator. Wade Phillips didn't blitz a ton uh, when he was here. But Brandon Staley's bringing a little bit more uh, pressure these days, especially because we can't get it naturally uh, which has been the struggle outside of Aaron Donald, but it's creating one-on-one matchups. And if you know anything about football, a one-on-one matchup involving Aaron Donald or Cleo Mack is not a good thing for the offense. No. And uh, that's when, you know, really kind of those matchup issues start to kind of uh, show their ugly head for the offense line. So, you know, I think the Rams team is as, as the bears team, right? Good record right now. And it's not a fake record. I think both these teams are going to make that push for that playoffs. And, I think the Rams were always kind of good. They just had a couple things go bad uh, last season, as we talked about injuries at the offensive line, missed a couple, uh, lost a couple close games that didn't go our way. We're in a brutal division, uh, yeah. and I think if we can kind of get yeah. through it, you know, iron sharpens iron. So hopefully, uh, you know, we get out of here and, and get a little bit stronger. But I think this is going to be. I'm stoked about this game because it is one of those early season I'm just throwing the loss out the window last week because it just it was more of like us beating ourselves I know that's like a cliche really easy way to get out of losing but I'd rather have it beat yourselves than to just be like wow we didn't show up and we just got our you know butts handed to us and that wasn't the case so I'm excited to see how they bounce back right uh that's another big sign of a team is how do you come off a loss do you do you you know have the 24-hour rule and you throw it out the door are you gonna linger on it and feel bad for yourself I don't think that's this team. I don't think that's Sean McVay. So uh, I'm excited to see them hopefully get back down to the ground. But the Bears don't give up a lot on the ground, so they got to stick with it and not get, you know, the Sean McVay of the last couple of years where he's like, ah, oh, it's not working. Let's go away from it. He's got to stick with it. Yeah. Even if they're getting not a lot, it really opens up the play action and allows Jared Goff to have some time. Well, it sounds a lot like Matt Nagy and the way he likes to uh, call plays. As I said on my show uh, last week, uh, and you might be familiar with this reference. Um, he subscribed to the Mike Martz school of running the football. Right. If we don't, if we aren't getting 15 yards of carry, to hell with it. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. like you said before, we'll throw our way uh, out of this. I've got Kurt Warner, I've got Mark Bulger, I've got you know, you know Isaac Bruce and 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 whatnot. We'll we'll be able to throw our way uh, out of this. Uh, it's just like you know. Our offensive line is better. We didn't. We don't have better players. We have a better scheme. We got. We brought in Juan Castillo because we're basically locked into our all of our offensive linemen for the next year or two. Hopefully that will change this off season. But um, you know, first three games we're running the ball a lot better, playing on the other side uh, of the line of scrimmage for a change instead of getting demolished in the backfield. 
Then the the game against the Colts and the Buccaneers were like, okay, the two best run defenses in football. <laughs> we look like our old selves again. We're getting up 1.8 yards of carry if we get past the line of scrimmage. Uh, we're lucky about it. But also at the same time, Foles is throwing the ball more, you know, trying to get it out of his hands and, and things like that. And, and, and I was looking at the stats uh, while you were talking there. Rams are seventh in rushing seventh. yards. All right. Uh, so go. far this year, 16th in in passing. And then I was looking at Goff and his numbers. He's like barely broken 1,000 yards for the season. It's like, but the two stats that stand out for me, one, 72% completion percentage, yeah. and two, two picks on the year so far. Which is huge. So, and, yeah. and he was a fumbler too. Like he's really gotten gotten that under control because last year it was like 16 picks and eight fumbles, you know, it was like 25 turnovers together and, and, and it just can't happen. And especially at, you know, the leadership of where you're at the position, also the number one pick and, you know, the offense goes so much. He's like, he's, he's not going to be the star of the show. He's the facilitator, get into the guys and let him go to work. Uh, so turning the ball over uh, had to be fixed and he's been doing it. And that's one of the things that, again, I keep going to like, uh, my mind keeps going to like when I wasn't distracted with all the nervousness of what I had going on in my life. And I was uh, looking up stats all the time, but uh, for a while he was like the number three rated quarterback as far as pro football focus, when it comes to all the considerations and taking care of the football and being efficient and all that stuff. And he's had a couple poor weeks back to back. So hopefully he can bounce back. But again, doesn't look like the schedule wants him to do that. But right. take care of the football. I'm okay with a Johnny Hecker punt because the man's got a booming leg or get us in position and flip the field. Let your defense go to work. Just don't hand over the ball. And he's done a lot better with that, which is is a huge win in our books. Yeah, I mean, and then it all goes back to the, I mean, the speech that Nick Foles made, I, I don't know if you saw it or not. Loved the, it. Loved um, it. I know who didn't, you know, it's just like, okay, this is our guy. This is our, our leader. This is our quarterback. We're going to, we're going to, this is why when, when uh, Matt Nagy uh, made the switch in the Falcons game after the game, when he, when he completed the comeback and we beat the game we beat the, the Falcons, everyone was like, okay, so who's the week four starter? He's like, yeah, it's, it's Nick. And for the that's rest why I of loved the year when in that Tampa Bay game we were talking about earlier yeah. and they were rolling and that sideline that we got that view on the sideline of him going at Nagy going like hey man I'm trying to do hurry up offense we got him on the heels yeah and you're slowing us down I, I you know looking at um wow I've already forgot his name How Trubisky yeah there geez, you go. I, uh, yeah already forgotten but uh, <laughs> he would have never have done that he would have no, gone you're right and kind you're of absolutely pouted right. and he would have just let you know coach tell him what was it and and nick's like no bro i got a super bowl ring i'm an mvp like we need to be able to allow me to read this and be part of this offense and not just a, a piece in your offense like i'm the quarterback i'm a leader and that man that speech that he gave after and i'm like sitting here and I'm like at work and I'm like pounding the desk. Like I'm ready to go. Like it jacked me up. I was like, like and then I'm like, this. Oh, then I check the schedule and I'm like, all right, well, our defense got some work to do. And, and <laughs> you know, cause I guarantee, you know, everyone, when they came in the office the next day, like, I mean, you're talking about, you know, moving Trubisky down to like third on the depth chart. Like that's how much I saw Nick Foles gain credibility in that yeah. locker room after that. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. You know, it's a it's a show me don't tell me league. So I love the speech, but yeah, you know, we got to play football on Monday still. No, and that's a great point. Show me don't tell me, but you know, it's like what I was saying is like I'll take the ugly wins. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we would uh, we would love the pretty wins, of course. I you know, and and if the Bears had get a couple of 
flags picked up. The referees have been terrible uh, for the Bears uh, this year. We've had two Eddie Jackson pick sixes taken away from us. Those would have made the Panther and Giant victories, you know, safe victories. They would have been two score wins instead of one score, you know, need to make a play at the end of the game type victories uh, and everything. If those things don't get taken from us, we kind of cruise uh, to a win. Uh, in those games, as opposed to you know having to gut it out there to the to the very end, but in the end, the Bears persevere. They keep fighting. They keep going. And in the end, we've got five wins and only one loss in our first six games. You can't argue with the results. You can piss and bitch and moan about what happens inside those sixty minutes, but outside of it, we got the result we're looking for every week right. except one so far. Yeah, when you get to the end of the season and you start counting up those W's, it counts. And that's yeah. really all that matters because when you're making the playoffs, they're not going, all right, well, you had three ugly wins, so we're not letting you in. It's like, no, we, we won the games. And, and we got, I mean, really looking at our season, that's the other thing that's scary about the Rams is all, all of our wins are coming against the NFC East. I just I was <laughs> noticing that, yeah. So I'm like, we're the champs of the NFC East, but uh, maybe we can win their division and represent them there. I don't know, but we got to beat somebody outside of the NFC East because right now we're still getting a lot of people, my friends and family are sitting here going, well, I mean, you haven't beat anybody. You're 0-2 against the rest of the NFL, and you beat the worst division so far. But it's who they put on our on our schedule, and they're collecting Ws right now. And yeah. you expect that they can get a few more. And if they could sneak in the playoffs, we know if you get in the playoffs, and we saw the Titans do it uh, you know, a couple years ago. We've seen many a teams come from – you know, sneaking in the playoffs and then making a run. And, and that's all that really matters is just getting into that bonus football and, and see what happens. I mean, and, and you don't really like to have that kind of attitude. Be like, hey, it's a win. Be like, hey, it's it's, it's, a, it's win. a win. You'd much have it, rather have that dominant win. We'd be like, you know, damn, put this put the stamp on that one, baby. We got that win. Or it's just like, yeah, eh, we won. You know, like, ah. yeah. you know, I mean, it's hard to defend the team. It's hard to sit here and listen to the the pundits and the experts, quote unquote, uh, talk about the Bears being pretenders. We're the worst five and one team anybody's ever seen uh, or anything like that. And then you just hate to be the guy that was like, excuse me, but they're five and one. So, yeah, and they're out here talking about, you know, Drew Brees is still a legend, though. And, you know, like they'll they'll talk about anybody that is, you know, that they want to talk about. And all right. That's why it's going to be interesting coming into this, because I feel like the Rams are kind of in that category, too, where I mean, we were four and one. We're four and two. We're in second place right now. But coming to this game, this might be two of the most underrated good teams in the NFL right now. I would say underappreciated. I I don't think I wouldn't call them underrated. I would call them underappreciated because we know you and I both know we have good football teams on our hands here. We've gotten the the results four wins on your side, five on, on ours. We're getting the job done. It's just that I don't think anybody else there really appreciates the fact that we're winning. They're looking more about how we're winning and thinking like, well, it's just going to mean a disaster. Ask yeah. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they think the Bears are pretenders. <laughs> I like you it. know, just ask yeah. them if they think we're pretenders. You know, talk to the the Lions and the Falcons and everything. Let them bellyache about how they let those games get away. But the Bears came back and made the plays when they had to and, and won the games. It's like you can't argue with the with the results. You like I said, you can argue all day long about how we got to from point A to point B. But point B is a W, and I'll take that every single time. So, yeah. I'm I'm all good with with where we're exactly. with where we're at, you know. And the fact that we got ten games left, and theoretically we only need to go five and five to make the playoffs this year. So I'm good with that. And the funny thing was, Mike Florio from NBC Sports 
laid it out. They were talking about the the Bears having a conversation very similar to this. Like, do the Bears should we start respecting the Bears? Essentially, was the question uh, of the segment. Should we be starting to you know give the Bears you know pay them their due respect for being a five and one team, or are we still going to be like yeah, but you know kind of thing? And they looked at the schedule, and we've got ten games left. We have obviously this next three games. We're going to learn a lot about the Bears. We got the Rams this week. We got the Saints next week. We got the Titans on the road the week after that. Ooh, that's rough. You yep. know, we're five and yep. one now. We very well could be five and four at the end of that. Okay, but then after that, we got the Vikings at home. Historically, that's always a win. We always beat the Vikings in Chicago. But the one in five Vikings, yeah, I'm going to take that one uh, yep. as a W. Then we go to Lambeau against the Packers. Eh, okay. Probably be six and five after that. But then we have the Texans, the Jaguars, the Lions, the Vikings again. There's your ten wins right there. I mean, even though we've we've got another matchup with the Packers, uh, I forget who else we have uh, on the schedule, but it's like of the ten wins, like the five games that you would be favored in, there's your ten. There's your ten wins right there. Two two games with the Vikings, one with the Lions, the Texans, and the Jaguars. There's your 10 wins. Everything else is gravy on top of that. So it's like if we exactly. take care of business in those games, we're in. Yeah. And that's all that and, matters. And, and as we're talking about these extended playoffs, like 10 wins should do it, right? For like, sure. There was, yeah. a, there was a time where nine wins might do it. And so 10 wins getting there, you're right. Just stack them up uh, and then don't look over those Vikings or Lions, right? It's yeah. like you got, and that's the way – I almost felt about the Rams, even though it was the Niners, and I know they were up for it, but, oh, the beaten Niners, and, oh, they're going to come into this, and I don't know if the Rams just slipped a little bit there or they just they killed themselves, but you're right. Uh, just got to go stack some of those wins and put yourself in position near the end, and if you do good enough to get a, a home field advantage, which, again, this year, is there really an advantage? It might be yeah. a good year to just get into the playoffs because it's not like going to New Orleans. You're going to not be able to hear anything. I know I heard something that they're going to allow – that 4,000 fans and maybe 8,000 down the road, but it's like, that's not doing nothing. So the road game is, is now a very winnable thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that uh, a great example of that, you know, speaking of the Superdome is like when the, the Packers and the saints played on Monday night football a few weeks ago and how the guys in the booth uh, kept remarking about how, how comfortable Aaron Rodgers is calling audibles at the line of scrimmage in the Superdome, which would be unheard of in normal circumstances like you wouldn't even be able to hear yourself think in a regular regular season game in the Superdome and Aaron Rodgers kept getting the Saints to jump off sides and getting you know five free yards or that free play where he loves to take a shot down the field is like he wouldn't be doing this if there were 80,000 people in this place so it's like he's working this to his advantage as opposed to the Saints having a home field advantage being in the loudest stadium in the league uh, and, you know, I talked to my, my, you know, before I did the, before we started the season, I had some guests on the show asking them, like, do you think there is going to be such a thing as a home field? Because, like, the only home field advantage I can think of is that the home team slept in their own beds last night. Aside from that, I'm really not seeing a home field advantage when you're in an empty stadium. Exactly, right? And that's what makes it fun about this upcoming playoff season that we're going to have in front of us is like what is it going to be like and what states are going to then open up a little bit more because you see fans in Tennessee and you see fans down in Dallas and 
It's going to be interesting. And already the pressure, as we talked about in New Orleans, the pressure that their mayor in the city is getting to let fans in, uh, it starts to get into football and politics, which I know everyone loves. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves it. So, yeah. so one more thing that I have to talk to you about, and I'm sure that my my listeners are surprised that it's taken me this long to bring it up, but the um, the uniforms. <laughs> What? Uh, the 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 idea is there. Um, going back to the to the blue, uh, and I, what I thought was like gold is now. I, I, I'm sorry, man. It looks like piss yellow uh, to it's me. A, it's a soul yellow. Oh, please. excuse soul. me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I beg I beg your pardon. But the um, I you know um, did you study broadcasting in school, Brad? No. Okay. No. Because um, the best analogy that I can make, and I guess only a really uh, like a broadcaster or a, you know a camera file would 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 get this, the, the blue that they're sporting these days um, looks like if you were trying to color balance your camera and you got it wrong, <laughs> you know, like the colors just it's like the shade is off and just it's too. There's just something really that I don't like about the blue. Um, but the funny thing is, I prefer the blue uniforms to the road uh, uniforms, the like the all white with the single cream colored yellow stripes. Again, uh, down I'll, the I'll side. correct you. Uh, the bone color. Oh, excuse me. So sorry. <laughs> um, they spent a lot of time on these names, and I'll give them a little bit of credit for it. <laughs> Not really. Uh, I was I I, I went to d- disaster town right away. Right, I was in yeah. on people talking trash and. I like the I like the helmet. I'll tell you that. I'm you know okay what? The helmet. I will I will back you on the helmet. I dig the helmet. At first, I didn't think I was going to when we saw when they started leaking the logo, and it's just like, oh, I'm not. Yeah, no logo. Logo. Yeah. I'm not. I'm still not good with. I think the the leaked LA logo where the horn goes over. Yeah. The leaked version looks a lot worse than like what actually is coming out True. in the merchandise. True. As I look down at my yes. Ram shorts that I have on right now that I absolutely adore and love. Um, but I'm I'm okay. The blue's growing on me. The bone is growing on me. Oof, uh, I still rough, I'm man. not like in love in love with everything. But yeah. they've got two more jerseys that they have to un- unveil and and it's probably going to stick close to some of these color matching. And I'm not a huge fan of, of the, what looks like a goat head really to me more yeah. than anything. Yeah. I'm not, not big on that, but it could have been worse. They were set up for failure. You get Nike involved who just seems to mess up a lot of things anyway. And then they're like, this was a three year process. I'm like, it shouldn't have been right. Like yeah. you had everyone and their mom telling you what they wanted. Go back classic, like keep it simple, stick to the, that that Rams blue and and that gold that yellow that they've I been using in uniform. the past. I really and love it was that it uniform. was it was the original. It was like one of those original teams and the yeah. and they, the Rams were the first people to put but logos uh, on their uh, logos on a helmet. Yep. Like keep some and they kept they then they went too weird. Right, you watch this little mini. They had like a little mini ten minute five minute doc on it and they're like. And we try to take something from the '60s and something from the '70s and you're like, well, now you just like you remember when you're a kid and you went to like. Uh, one of the like the fountain sodas, and you just put every soda in. Yes. I, used to call, I used to call it the suicide soda, right? Yes, and it absolutely. tastes like garbage because you're not supposed to do that. Right. And it's kind of the same way. It's like, <laughs> well, take it from the '60s and a little bit from the '50s, and we're gonna no, just just have a have a pathway and go there. I'm weirdly okay with it. I've got like a I got one of the bone colored like T-shirts, Ooh. and like 
at first I was like, never am I going to touch that color. And, and But it's growing on me. They're undefeated in the bone. I don't know what they're playing on Monday night, um, but I, w- I would love to see that. They were supposed to wear it against the Niners, and the Niners switched their uniforms uh, the week before, apparently, and then the Rams had to adapt. And uh, so I don't. We'll see what they what they roll out. I'm okay with the helmet. I'm okay when they do blue with yellow pants. Uh, it kind of builds. When they go blue on blue, it's a little much for me. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's just one of those things where at the end of the day, if you stack up some wins and you win some playoff games, I don't <laughs> care if you're wearing all pink and you go and win a Super Bowl. Like right. wherever you want, but just don't. Don't lose and look ugly because now then I can just come at you for everything. But right. I, it's growing on me. I think it's growing on some Rams fans, most Rams fans, as they start to see it on the lights. And uh, But there's the originals that are like, screw it. I hate it. I'm going to make fun of it. And the, But I'm just glad I don't see every t- every day of my timeline for like six months was like, change the logo, uh, trash, like so many mock-ups of, right. you know, different you know, disrespectful versions of it, but I'm glad that that's kind of moved on. It's on to football now, but yeah, yeah, it was bound that you brought it up and, and Mm -hmm. we talk about it. So I'll do a little, it's kind of like, I'll defend it a little bit and I'll give you a little. Well, for me, I'm, I'm the self-professed, professed, I should say, um, uniform snob. I, I've, you know, I've, I've been, you know, an artist. I've loved to draw. I'm in graphic design and things like that. So, you know, those kinds of things step, stand out. Uh, to me and and I've always kind of felt like the look good play good thing is a thing and you know ask the Buccaneers five years wearing the you know uh, alarm clock numbers on their chest and they finally get rid of them they get some varsity numbers back on their chest again they, they you know they they do the less is more approach and they're winning football games same thing with the Browns they got rid of the you know high school uniform uh, that they were wearing with the offset numbers and you know all that silliness and mm-hmm. you know they've got four wins under their belt this year it's like you know it's not a coincidence the only team that's that's looking good and playing bad right now is the Chargers. They've got some sweet uh, uniforms. I know. They can't put a they can't put a win together to save their life at this point. That poor kid Herbert. I so. know. I feel so bad for them in a, in a weird sense because it's just like I saw a stat that kind of said like the Seahawks in their last fourteen one score games are like like thirteen and one, and in that same time frame, the Chargers are one and thirteen. Yeah, and, and it's like they could be the Seahawks that we're talking about, but can't because they don't have a kicker and they they you know just continue to blow big leads and i guess if if i'm a chargers fan and like i mentioned earlier i think my fiance is a charger fan i'll just look and be like what about the atlanta falcons blowing leads huh (laughs) you know like we're not the worst like there's some that's the interesting thing about this year there's some really good football we're seeing but there's Mm -hmm. been some really bad football this year and and there's not a lot in the middle right now it's either you're You're right that wins and it's just bad football you're so absolutely right as, i think as us right now you got to be loving where we're at even oh, if sure. the, you're not not pretty wins you talked about but we're not in the the category where we got one win and we're talking about head coaching and you know all that type of stuff so uh good problems to have for us yeah for sure i think somebody mentioned that there were like six teams or something like that with only one win so far and Crazy. three of them are in the friggin' nfc east right now so you know, I mean, it's it's just uh, you're right. It's it's a very top heavy league as far as the uh, the wins and losses. You know, we've got five win teams all over the place, and uh, you know, yeah. Let's see, one. Well, the 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 Jets are zero and six. You got the oh, one and four Chargers, one and four Cincy, one and five Houston, one and five Jacksonville. That's five teams right there. That's the AFC, 
and then one, two, three, one win teams in the East, uh, one in five Minnesota, one in five in Atlanta. So that's 10 teams with, with one win or less in six weeks in the NFL. So, I mean, (laughs) you know, try to do the math real quick on that as far as what the win-loss records with with 10 one-win teams or less. You got got nine one-win teams and one 0-6 team right now. That is bananas. America's game. (laughs) Somebody's got to lose, and these guys are just awesome at it, I guess. So uh, it's pretty crazy. Everyone's uh, losing for Lawrence right now. Everyone's trying to go up there. They're trying to come up with a – a slogan for you know like suck for luck tank for tua yeah kind of thing and i was like well i hate to go back to the well but tank for trevor sounds fine i guess and yeah that works lose lose for lawrence i guess i don't know and yeah i just came up with that in the last five seconds like it's not that hard so i don't know what we're doing here but um anyway brad it's uh i'm looking forward to this game uh on sunday um i'm i'm hoping that um whoever wins and it's it's another one of those games where it's just like I really feel like it can go either way. I think you and I had a conversation very similar to this one back in 2018 when we had like 10 and one versus eight and three or something like that on that big Sunday night football game in Soldier Field, where it's like whoever makes the fewest mistakes is going to come away uh, with the win uh, in this one. It's like I don't think it's going. I think it's going to be close. Uh, I you know, and I'm I'm looking forward. Uh, to the game and to see which one of our high-powered defensive studs will will, will come out on top this week. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game, and and I'm excited to see it. And I think it's going to be one of those, again, we we talked about earlier, but I think it's going to be an ugly game, and someone's going to win it, uh, but it's going to be another W on someone's board. So I have this, you know, I'm I'm hanging with my Rams here, but I see it as as a really – you know, maybe a 17-14 game. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be low scoring. But just because I said that, it's going to be like a 40-point shootout. And uh, who knows what's going to happen. But, but that would uh, be it, fun, too, you know. Hey, I, yeah, I'll, I'll I would, I would, I would uh, settle for a, for a Madden game where we're going back and forth, scoring touchdowns and, you know, pick sixes and fumble recoveries and punt returns and, you know, like, boy, this thing was just a nonstop roller coaster. And, you know, they just whoever had the ball last was going to win. That's just how this thing was going to go. I'd, I'd happily settle for one of those. Exactly. Sign so. me up for that, too. All right. So, Brad, where can we keep up with you these days? You're not doing ro- locked on on a regular basis anymore. Where, we can keep, where can we uh, where can we catch up with you? Yeah, I do Locked On Rams on Wednesday. Still make an appearance there once a week. I'm on Twitter, LA underscore Rambling Bear. And uh, I'm just uh, cruising through, enjoying football, taking a little break from the podcasting. And from time to time, man, and that's why when you hit me up, I was like, I got to do this. We've been we've been chatting for almost three, four years now. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I make an occasional appearance for the, for the right person, and you're a right person, my friend. I always enjoy Appreciate the conversations it. we have. So uh, keep doing up, you know, putting up great work and uh, covering those bears out there. And hopefully you guys, again, I'm, I'm waiting for you to hit me back up as we look at playoffs, and these two teams are going towards it. So I'd love to talk to you again this season if all things work out. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Brad Motter, or as we've known him to be, Brad Mater the traitor. And uh you know, 
But he, at least he's a Cubs fan. We can still like him for that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. I got a even... fight out here with all these Dodger fans right now when they're in the World <laughs> Series. I'm literally getting texts as we talk and people are talking trash. And I'm like, hey, man, we, we won one when we were there. And like, we got cheated. We got this. I don't care. The last one, the last person <laughs> to hang a banner was the Cubs. You may get one this year, but uh, I'm going to put an asterisk up by it anyway. So yeah. whatever. Yeah, we'll take it, though. You know, damn those Marlins, right? Exactly. Again, unbelievable. <laughs> So thanks so much, Brad, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Maybe we'll get to have this uh, conversation for a wild card game or a divisional round or something like that. You got it, man. I appreciate it. Take it easy. Of course, thank Brad for coming on the show to help us uh, preview the game between the Bears and the Rams on Monday night. Really looking forward to this this matchup uh, between our our two teams, both back on the back on track, uh, if you will. Both had great 2018 seasons, had less than stellar uh, 2019 uh, seasons, and now we, we've seen to be well on our way to returning back to form uh, in in 2020. Both teams look like they're heading back. Uh, to the playoffs and ready to reclaim uh, the glory that was missed uh, in 2019. So looking forward to this game and seeing which one of us will come out on top with the Bears move to 6-1 and one to get ready for, the, uh, for next week's home game against the uh, New Orleans Saints, or will we be licking our wounds when uh, Drew Brees and company uh, come into town? So um, very interested to see how that's all going to hash out. But before that... We have our deep dive preview tomorrow uh, on Friday, so make sure you come in, come back, and enjoy that. And I promise no talk of salary caps and draft picks and uniforms and any of that. We'll just talk straight up keys to the game, news and notes, injury reports, and a partridge in a pear tree. So come on back on Friday for the deep dive preview. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget.
To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.